Welcome back to Desert Island Dictator. My guest this week is Sam Rhodes, who is the composer. If you've heard our funky little track, he is the composer of that track. He is available to employ as a composer. Uh, he's a bloody great guy, uh, one of my favourite people on the comedy circuit. Just an interesting chap, beginning to end. Um, let's just take it away. Welcome back to Desert Island Dictator. My guest this week is the fantastic Sam Rhodes. Hello, sir. How are you? All right? Yeah, good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Sam Rhodes is the host of the Sam Rhodes Comedy Explosion, uh, which is, and I say, right, so for, um, I say was, right, for listeners in the future who are listening to back up episodes of this, because they're huge fans of both me and Sam. That's right. um, Because the Sam Rhodes Comedy Explosion has exploded all over the world. And it's I, back, baby, in a big way. I am essentially better than Norm Macdonald in everyone's eyes. <laughs> so, fuck it. In this fantasy future, it's a say. very, very bold statement. Yeah. I like that you've specifically gone, Norm Macdonald, I'm better than one of the best stand-ups <laughs> and hosts in the world. I just think, you know, in this fantasy future, go nuts, right? Right yeah. now, there's nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, right now there's nothing, so no, fuck it. Like let's have right. e- let's have everything in the future. <laughs> when that is, and you're listening to back episodes, there was a time when nothing could happen. Are um, we allowed to swear and be a bit filthy on this podcast? You can say whatever you. Fucking I was like. watching uh, Norm Macdonald do the uh, weekend updates recently that he got banned for, and oh, he got yes. he got fired for, and he did one of my favourite jokes, which is Michael Jackson's expecting his first child. If it's a girl, he's going to call it Molly, and if it's a boy, he's going to have sex with it. <laughs> And I just thought, yep, <laughs> no wonder they fired him. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful joke. <laughs> it's interesting because Norm Macdonald is not... Norm Macdonald is not an act who is particularly offensive in tone, but the content is... Oh, yeah. Well, right. it, but the way that he brings it about is quite a... Ple- he has a very pleasant... like the, He has that routine about... Um, being a serial killer, where he has that line, do that thing that makes you feel like God, which I just, <laughs> I just, I just, every time I just lose yeah. it. <laughs> I was chatting to a mate of mine about him literally this week, and we were like, he gets away with everything because he's got that cheeky smile afterwards. He was yeah. like a naughty schoolboy when he's done his filthiest, <laughs> filthiest jokes. It's just like, mm, <laughs> I've done a naughty joke. Yeah, it's good. Um, Sam is the host of the Sam Rose Comedy Explosion. Uh, he also has the podcast, which I want to call Segmentariat, but I was told Segmentertainment. Segmentertainment. I think. Uh, I think what it is is that I am far too wedded to political revolution and over mere entertainment. And yes. that is why this this <laughs> this show is about. You type no, no. Um, it's segment segmentertainment segmentertainment. Um, also has if you want to if you want to check it out he has a, a he has a stand up special on Next Up Comedy yeah um, also available now on Amazon Prime you can watch uh, my stand up special it's called Americana Rama because what I love to do is make really beautiful things and then give them names that make them almost impossible to search for you know <laughs> really overcomplicated portmanteaus yeah. <laughs> so the sh- the yeah the podcast is Segmentertainment and the s- comedy special is called Americana Rama. <laughs> Americania, all right. <laughs> uh, Americana Rama, Americana um, Rama. Sam is a professional musician. Has been for many, many years. Uh, you can. You have a. You've got a load. I mean, I, I was really like, what's your main thing? You have a lot of projects. Yeah, almost too many of, to count. Yeah, I yeah. mean, my my main thing. We we just did a an album with my band Tychonaut. We we actually recorded it a couple of years ago, but a record label have just put that out recently, and that's kind of for fans of Rush. 
and Foo Fighters and Biffy Clyro, probably. It's all about, like, it's kind of heavy, hard rock with some fun bits in. Um, that's kind of my most serious project that's actually yeah. available at the moment. But I've done loads of stuff for kind of film and TV. I've written a load of theme tunes. I've done a load of commission work. I've got a YouTube video, which is a spoof of Billie Eilish that now has like 2 million views, which is quite <laughs> fun. Quite like that one. Yeah. And yeah. most importantly, though, you've just heard, you heard a little, uh, a, a fantastic bit of music. A lovely jingle, wasn't it? At the top jingle. of this. Yeah. Who did that lovely jingle, Jacob? I mean, it was, it was obviously a piece of pure genius. Yeah. Don't know. Lost in the mist of time, mate. I <laughs> we'll never know. No, we'll, we'll never know. We'll never find it's one out. of the great lost uh, composers. <laughs> It was Sam. I'd like to say I did it. Yeah, he did it. It was good. Uh, I recommend him for all of your. If you have a, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, um, number one, don't do it about an island that you rule. I'll kill you. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a different podcast and you need a theme tune, yeah, get him to do it. Hit me up. That's did right. Did it in like a day, uh, <laughs> and I fucking loved it. So, oh, thank you. you I'm know, very. I really like it. It was yeah. good fun. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, great guy. Great musician. Um, the thing is, obviously, Sam, you've been doing none of any of this because it's been tough. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because we're we're in lockdown, obviously, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but also, three years ago, you were marooned on a desert island. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hate it when that happens. I do as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were marooned on a desert island. You brought a few of your favourite records, a few books. Uh, mm-hmm. What would your um, desert island discs be? By Man, way? that's a tough one. That's... But I'd have to uh, Lateralus by Tool, Dehumanizer <laughs> by uh, Bla- uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, probably, even though it's pretty uncool now, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, just because I loved it as a child. Why is that uncool, though? Like, everyone... They've become a really uncool band now, the Chili Peppers. It's not cool to like the Chili Peppers anymore. Yeah, but all that is, right, is that all the, like, in school, right, all the music room kids, of the sort of, of the sort of, I don't know if your school was like mine, well, but, like, there are different gr- gr- sets, right? And yeah. there will be at least one set who would be like older kids who are like the music room kids who'd play their like drums and bass guitars and stuff in the music room and everyone would be, and they had a sort of they weren't like the athletes but they had a kind of mystique about them yeah um they always loved the chili peppers and then what they'd then do is get older think that's cringe and then start the we hate the chili do you know what yeah. man it's a great it's a good album. they're a good Why band you, i always yeah. think like the reason people don't like them nowadays is that combination of very competent funk musicianry with this awful like quite chatty like yeah. I'm he's almost like a bodybuilder and all of his lyrics are about yeah. fucking women and stuff and it's all and now when you look back at it it's got that sort of 90s bravado which is very kind of un, uncool and unchic now you know yeah you have to be like you have to like apologize for what you are a lot more now you do and be uh, to be fair a level like of self-awareness yeah the which... singer is a, f- a horrendous human being so <laughs> he should definitely apologize but you know, I, I like Blood Sugar Sex Magic an awful lot. It's a wonderful album, and I still use it as a real go-to for, especially production work that I do, because yeah. it's a beautifully produced album as well. It's really, really, really nice. Well, I like I like them because um, when I was, you know, when you learn to play drums or electric guitar or bass, they're 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 like accessible enough to start learning straight away, but not so simple so like when you when you once you've learned the basics like the yeah you can that, you can you... do a valid version of those songs very yeah, easy on. i do can... get what you're saying they're a good entry level yeah you can start picking out when you start want to start moving on stuff that's a bit more compl- yeah. complex that's the sort of stuff you learn it's kind of nice to play i always you think know? like the chili peppers now is like if your dad's like i love grand funk railroad or the doobie <laughs> brothers you'd be <laughs> yeah. like <"Ugh."> and now <laughs> Now our generation's Grab Fuck Railroad or the Doobie Brothers is the Chili Peppers. <laughs> Although, it comes in circle, because if you were to say to me, I like Grand Funk Railroad, I'd be like, stick yeah. it on, mate. I've Do you know what? Them, you know I've what? got to say, the Doobie Brothers is pretty fucking good. They did yeah. an album called uh, Once, Once, What Once Were Habits Are Now... Uh, oh, what is, It's a really good drugs analogy anyway, and they, mm. they did a very good album. Yeah, uh, so the Doobie Brothers, check them out. All right, <laughs> they're everybody's dad's favourite. But anyway, I'm on the I'm on this desert island, right? You're I'm on, on the, this you, island. You're on this island. You're on the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward three years, you now rule the island with an iron fist. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Sir, thank you for welcoming me on. Uh, you thank you for agreeing to do this interview as you introduce your land to the wider world. Yes. How should I address you? Well, um, you know, I'm kind of a cash laid back guy. You yeah. know. So just call me President, Mr. President. Mr. Mr. President. Mr. President. Always Mr. President or Sir Dudes-a-Lot. They're the only two that I'll accept. 
um, right. Mr. President Wayne's World Island. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's my island is definitely going to have a slightly Wayne's Worldy feel. Let's yeah. not pretend. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a long hair margaritas clothing optional style island. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. I imagine that my island would be very much one of those ones where if you look at it from a distance, it looks like a beautiful paradise. Yes. But if you actually live there, it's a little bit shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, there's a lot of rules, that are real pernickety little rules that if you don't follow, you're going to get on the wrong side of Mr. President. <laughs> Revenge of the nerds. Like, That's right. I'm going to rule this place. I'm going to rule this place with my, my rules. I'm going to clean up this town. Yeah. Um, Mr. President, how mm, are you cleaning up I'm, this town? Well, I'm doing very well. I mean... Uh, one of the things is like I set up beer production very, very quickly. Like I was right, very, yeah. I was all about getting all manner of mind altering and body altering substances available before the food, before the shelter, before the food. I was like, get the booze. Yeah. Step running. one, arrive on the island. Step two, where's the maze? Where's the mushrooms? Exactly. The- <laughs> Let's see if we can build, we can build something here where, you know, everybody's going to have a good time all the time. We can't do uh, rock and roll. But we can still do the sex and drugs is yeah. is going to be the setup going yeah. on, and you know, obviously everything is legal if you can get hold of it on my island. If you're not hurting other people, and you want to do it, man, you're welcome to do it. You get down, you do what you like. It's going to be good fun. It is. Yeah, it we're is. gonna have a nice time. I do. I sure hope you have a national health service to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> my my thing is like everyone has a great time all the time, but also everybody has gout. <laughs> so, <laughs> So there's an awful lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of partying going on, but then there's a lot of walking about going, ooh, <laughs> ooh, my heel. Ooh. That's because no one really deserves to party consequence-free. No, that's, that's my... exactly right. I think that's true. You can't just do it all the time, can you? You have, but, to, have to do other things. And like... gout is a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think is that because I'm, like, I've I've now passed the age of 30, I'm afraid. Uh, <gasps> Don't look a day over 14. I so. know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's why. Uh, that's why my main conquests are creepy older men. <laughs> but um, God. all right, this is gonna be this way. This episode. It's gonna be this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that one of the things that I actually quite enjoy have quite enjoyed about the partying beyond when you're about 21 is you actually do have to think about the consequences There's of it. consequences. And so as a result, you do like the plan of it is almost part of it. You're like, all right, yeah. I'm going out Saturday. I need to think about Monday yes. to Thursday. The yeah, next week you too. are completely correct. I have, I have a slightly younger friend and she was around fairly recently and uh, we drank two bottles of wine each. And now in my early 20s, two bottles of wine was water off a duck's back. But after two bottles of wine, I was literally hung over for two days. I had to suffer a day per bottle of wine <laughs> in recovery. And I had to cancel everything I had to do for the next two oh, days. Because I woke up in the morning, I was like, I feel fine. This is all bullshit. <laughs> but what it was, I was still drunk. <laughs> and then about 11 o'clock, I just went... Oh my god! And then just ill for two days. Ill for two days. I so. remember. I recall my first two day hangover. Yeah. Because it, you know, there, there's just a point where, where the, where the thing, it just the, the coin flips, mm. and suddenly it, that's your life now. Yes. Like I, I was 25 years old, and I like. Uh, I've worked for this like nonsense job and me and some of the boys from the job we used to go to this board game so it's not again it's like the two bottles of wine it's not even like a it's never a mental night we just went to a board games cafe on Wednesday night and I had four pints and I ate and I didn't eat enough food and I played some board games mm. and the next day I went to my office and I opened up my I opened up my computer and I sat down and I was nearly sick at my desk and for two days I like my vision was fucking like whirring like (laughs) you know like you know how computers sort of that the the monitor screens actually just blink at you very quickly and I could see the blinks of it just going into you'd actually moved into into a parallel universe yeah (laughs) where you were moving at a slightly different vibrational frequency after drinking Four pints. <laughs> my housemates, who are like slightly older than me by about six months, because they uh, were just like, "Yeah, no, man, like you've had it now. Yeah, and that's, that's it. just the way this it is, is it now. Yeah, now, now you need to watch your Welcome nutrition. To your life, yeah, yeah you got to consider like you got to consider food. You got to. I was like, yeah. oh man. My friend rang me up the next day, and she was like, "Do you want to go out for breakfast?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I never want to eat or drink again. Please leave me alone." <laughs> It's yeah. awful. So, so, but yeah, I'm I'm going to allow lots of partying. Is basically yeah. the thing because I think if you work hard for me, you know, you're out tilling my land. The benefit is in the evening you're going to have a whale of a time. Yeah, 
And it is going to be a bit hippie-ish. I think we are going to have some free love-style communes. It's going to be very welcoming. Everyone's welcome to be who they want to be, do what they want to do. I'm all about that. As long as, ultimately, they listen to me and do what I want them to do. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I'm Mr. President. You know, agrarian, I'm, yeah. agrarian commune ran by the Khmer Rouge. Exactly, um. yeah. So it's, it's a communist commune, except for me, and I'm the staunch capitalist, and I'm in charge, as yes. most communist regimes are. Eventually, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to land my first major rule on you if you're cool with this. Yes, hit me. My first major rule, this is something that I've been trying to do in my life, right? And I think this is important. And this is quite a serious one, so I hope that this doesn't tip the scales a little bit. But rule one, no magical thinking allowed on my island, right? No religion. Okay. No Santa Claus. No nothing. Logic. So it's going to be a hippie logic commune. Because I've been thinking, right... In the world at the moment, there's a load of people who believe a load of old fucking nonsense. I was on the internet the other day, and there were some young conspiracy theorists going, have you seen this snow that's fallen in England? It doesn't look like regular snow, and it doesn't melt properly. I think this is part of the government's mind control plan. <laughs> I wish I was making that up. That is 100% true. The, the flat earthers, all of these guys, you know, all of the anti-maskers, they were like, oh. Now, this type of thinking exists in adults, because as children, they're taught... Santa, a magic man, comes down your chimney and puts presents for you. And Jesus Christ, a magic man who can walk on water, exists. And Buddha exists. Do you know? Well, Buddha did exist. exist, But, but, you know, Buddha has magic powers. (laughs) Yes, right, okay. And I think magical thinking as a child enables you to believe magical concepts as an adult. Yes. So, no magical thinking. What? passes the bar of magical thinking this is a difficult thing because i've been saying i was saying to my girlfriend the other day i don't want to do any magical thinking at all anymore so logic based thought all the time uh because it makes you a better person you can deal with things better did she then say i love you because (laughs) (laughs) she said oh you've got me going (laughs) but we were then walking in the park and i said to her isn't it a lovely day and she said Oh, it hasn't rained yet, but it looks like it's going to rain. I said, don't say it, because it will rain. And she said, that's magical thinking. You can't say that if you're going to do that, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. But this this also goes to, like, if you're watching a sports game, no lucky underpants. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right, because they have their... All athletes have their little superstitions. Yeah, you've got all these little things. Like, my my dad, even as someone who watches sport, there's a seat he likes to sit in, because when he sits in that position in that seat is team wins do you know <laughs> well i like um i like i think there's a so british sports have a sort of level of dreariness to them but i quite like a lot of american sports and i like american football and a lot of the players who play american football are like they're all from like texas and alabama and stuff yeah and they're all from like honestly to be honest they're all like from very super cool, religious yeah like, horrible backgrounds and so they the the way that they've and i guess it's helped them to develop discipline or whatever is that they've gone it they believe a lot in god and so whenever they finish they just they're always like you know all the glory goes to god yeah and i'm like you know what man i just want one of them to be like you know what all the glory is to me because my i'm so fucking good i have worked very hard to be good at football (laughs) so much better than any of you well fucking losers i've smashed it yeah and i'm gonna get a lot of money Mm. And I'm going to do a lot of Class A drugs yeah. in the off-season. And that's... A friend of mine said to me, he said, um, who always wins the football in Europe? Yeah, Italy, right? Yeah. Who's the most religious country? Italy. Italy. And if God is involved in football, do you, do you see what I'm yeah, saying? right, yeah, yeah. He's giving all the good players to Italy. But you can't both have God on your side because God's got to be on one side or the other. Someone's got to win. And that and therein lies the problem, isn't it? Yeah. In the microcosm of sport, you know, the British team and the Italian team can't both have God on their side because one of them's got to win and one of them's got to lose. And yeah, that that expands out into the entire universe. If you ever, um, if you ever um, read, I don't know why you would, but if you ever read medieval transcripts of, <gasps> of battles, oh come on, medieval transcripts of battles are some of my favourite things to read. Well, yeah, quite. You know, you go to bed before, but they. Um, <laughs> The priests used to... The, most of the transcripts are written by priests because they are of lit, they're at fundamental level literate and also that's their job, right? And yeah. So they'd follow around uh, like feudal lords or whatever and they're kind of men at arms and they would write they write about the battle and the all 
what they do is they just fucking like about halfway through they're just like and then god commanded arrows to fall from the sky and you're like no he didn't because the people you're fighting against are fucking french they fire they are french they're also catholics yes that's right so yeah no magical thinking that means yeah and it is it's good and bad because it means no easter bunny and it means as well like i i know a lot of hippies I've, i work in yeah. the music industry i know a lot of dudes who are really into psychedelic drugs and they talk about their psychedelic experiences like they were a real thing and i'm like no it's something cool for you it made your brain went mad mm. for a little bit and you imagined all these wonderful things but that is not real do you know what i mean and i think like once you start to once you start to think of those things as real it's just a downward spiral from there and I, then uh, you believe that the snow <laughs> is fake you know i've just realized a rule for my own island which i'll put in because it's my show yeah uh, but, and, but we'll talk about for two sentences because it's your <laughs> island is uh, all drugs are legal but drug talk is punishable by death this like, is a good is, idea uh, yeah because yeah. i there is nothing it's literally the same as when people go oh, i had a dream the other day and then talk about it for 20 20 <laughs> minutes because like what you've imagined while you were on drugs is only interesting to you like no yeah. one else likes to hear that. <laughs> I, so I agree. I think that's a good that's a good rule. If you want to be having psychedelic experiences, keep them to yourself and realize that it's just your brain basically folding in on itself. It's yeah. not God talking to you. It's not the universe reaching its tentacles out into your eyes. You know, it's <laughs> it's just your brain going like, "Fuck, I've forgotten how to measure things." <laughs> well, I like I I used to uh, more. I think it would have been bad for my mental health to attempt it during lockdown mm. but i have enjoyed psychedelics in the past and i have to say every realization i've had about that on them is fundamentally uninteresting to anybody who's not already intimately close to me yes like my wife might might want to have some understanding of my psychology because she is married to me and you know yeah. we're building a life together but if i'm talking to my friends they're just going to be like yeah we already know this about you Okay. Yeah, and you could have you could have realized this by just like having a long think. I don't know, don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but I had a more entertaining think by myself in Amsterdam. So that's yeah. the- well, that's it. You know, it's it's more for yourself than it's for other people. Yeah. That sort of experience. So yeah, no magical thinking is a really important one for me. And okay. unfortunately, that does mean if you are Christian or Jewish or a Buddhist or whatever, leave it at the door. You can still, you know, you can still inherently believe it. You can still be be about it, but don't be going on about it, and don't use your imaginary friends' rules to try and dictate what is happening on my island, Mister President. Because Mister President is in charge of what happens on this damn island, so no yeah. magical thinking. That's rule one. So this is like the Fair Breach. It is, yeah, yeah, right. I've got to say, rule two, right? Rule two is everybody must play a musical instrument or be a writer. Like part of living on the island is that you have to create. You have to make something, right? Okay. I genuinely believe that a lot more people could play music than do. Because yes. Because music is exactly... Learning a musical instrument is exactly the same level of physical dexterity as playing a computer game. Yes. And I believe that everybody in the world can play a computer game, but very few people play musical instruments. Yeah. And I think this is because musicians are dickheads. And right. we have spent hundreds of years pretending that what we do is really clever and unaccessible to normal people because okay. we earn more money <laughs> by making sure that not every tom dick and harry does it do you know well, what i mean i think i agree because music i i don't i've read some really interesting theories about what music is right mm. and why humans respond to it but fundamental if you are you know if you are an atheist it is just chemicals in the brain and there's no real rational reason why a person should be more talented at music than others people are have better eye-hand coordination mm. they have a better ability that they, they have better ears for listening they have more empathetic brains perhaps but yeah. you my my wife teaches singing and she said that like most people could learn to sing to a certain standard they, yeah you know they're not going to be the world's no 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 but they i, could I completely agree uh, and i really like this idea as well that you can do it without it without you being the world's greatest yeah. you know it's you don't perfect need to be there's good, just a like, level of joy to be had from doing it for your own entertainment or being in a little band or writing a little song or whatever yeah. and i do not believe in natural talent i really don't because yeah. i have also taught music for a very long period of time and there are tiny sparks at the beginning, you know. So right, yeah, I yeah. usually find people are either slightly more adapt at rhythm 
or they're slightly more adept at pitch. That seems to be the difference. They can either play in time or they can kind of pitch all right. Yeah. But someone who has done a year's training is better than that person in a year. Yeah. And it's all about sitting down and doing it. And when I speak to people about it, quite often when they talk about never getting into playing music, it's usually because of a bad teacher. I hate to say it, but they go and they do music lessons at school or they're in a music class with a lot of people and they feel left behind. They feel they didn't understand it. And then they convince themselves that they'll never be able to understand it, you know. And I had a guy who I taught who was, his retirement gift was a Les Paul guitar because he'd always wanted to play guitar and he was 60. And we taught him for two years and he's now got a little sort of blues rock band that he plays with. And oh, that's great. He was that's convinced, cool. this dude, for his whole life that he'd never be able to do this. And I yeah. literally sat down to him and said, all this is, it, you know, writing songs is a different kettle of fish. But if you just want to play songs, all this is is physical repetition. If you do it enough, you will be able to do it. And sure enough, he can do it now, you know. So I'm like, great. So everybody has to play some music. Everybody has to write something. You know, everyone should express themselves. Because I, I, I find... You get a lot less fighting amongst people who know how to express themselves. (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what, though, there is a sort of there's a general theme of people who've come on this, and a lot of it has been to do with people wishing that because it's their own island, right? People, there is a. It's interesting. We've already we've gone straight from the comedy to like a sort of level. Yeah, yeah. actually quite. (laughs) I quite like talking about, but like there is a a common theme is that people's rules are about at some level about honesty, where they feel like people wish they could be more direct about the things they really want yeah. and think and wish for. And yeah, I agree. Like people who can express themselves better and more eloquently or more able to, you know, get on with each other. I guess. Yeah. And I think if you have an artistic outlet, it stops you being one of those dudes who likes fighting. Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah, right, I genuinely, yeah. like, I don't know if I've ever met a guy who is, a good comedian or musician or something like that who is also one of those dudes who likes to go and fight because i know a lot of those dudes who like to go and fight and they're nice guys and they're cool dudes weirdly but their outlet is that you know and i think quite often it's because they don't have another outlet and it's not like hippy dippy nonsense like oh men need to talk about their feelings no every person has this sort of level of pent-up energy and you know a creative person turns that into you know, a piece of art or a, a piece of music. Whereas a guy who doesn't have access to that thing or when was he was a child was told that, oh, that's for gays and girls, you can't do that. Yeah, so yeah, now yeah. he's still like, no, he's got all this energy that needs channeling somewhere. And the, the most direct way to channel it is just to punch it into someone else's face, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like all the, um, all, the fucking, all the fucking drill guys who are like, who are like, this is literally all we've got. Yeah. To, to not be in gangs that we've been part of. So I think people do sometimes, like, at some level, right, they're still committing crimes. But at another level, like, I'll be honest, you don't leave, a, you, you can't just go, oh, I'm actually done with committing crimes now. I'll be oh, leaving. yeah, once I'll you're in, you're your in gang. with that sort of uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, hello, leader of the gang. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm afraid that I actually... No I'm out as of today. I'm, yeah, that's it. Sorry. Goodbye. I'm uh, off. <laughs> now, I, I do hope we can leave. I, if yeah. you hand me the P45 and I'll be applying to Tesco. Yeah, tomorrow. and that's it. That's, I think, like, I think not... these outlets are just so important. And I think yeah. whatever it is. And I think a good rule on my island is you can't say that anything someone else has made is shit. Right. Like... What if it's this podcast? <laughs> In that case, <laughs> a load of old yeah, nonsense. But, but I, you know, I always think like it was really interesting. Dave Grohl put it really well. He was like, "I'm really glad that things like America's Got Talent didn't exist when I was a new band yeah, person because yeah. I didn't realize how terrible our band was." But because I just worked at it for a long time, the band actually got good. Yes. But if they'd have been told by a Simon Cowell in the early days of Nirvana oh, this is no good and it's never going to go anywhere, they may well have have called it a day. And he's like, how many people have missed out on that because of a piece of negative criticism on an early piece of work have then stopped and never made the thing that would have been really, really good? So no negative criticism. You can can say like, oh, I'd have maybe added this. Or hey, you know, here's a nice little bit, but you can never go, oh, oh. Well, so I know a guy... You get a whipping if you say that to anyone. <laughs> That's what you get. Think about, oh, shit, do you, mate? Yeah. Well, this is the one time we throw down. That's it. There's always that one guy, though. He yeah. loves whipping. Yeah. So he loves being whipped. So he's going around to everyone saying, oh, that, that painted shit. Oh, no. Every... Oh, you have to give me a whipping. <laughs> Every communist society ultimately leads to secret police, and that's just the way it is. You well, know? yeah, you do, yeah. You do need the secret police, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I know a guy who I used to do like when I left uni and that, and in summer at uni, I used to do um, I used to do handyman work yeah. to like make a bit of cash, and I worked for the guy, a guy who is the son of the uh, British pioneer comedian Michael Benteen. Oh, okay, and. He was also a sculptor as well as being a handyman. His thing when he always said like, because that was at the time I just about started thinking, oh, maybe I could start before. It was years before stand up, but I was writing silly little funny things Mm. that I never wrote, gave to anyone or anything like that. Um, And it took a few years before I got any confidence to be like, oh, well, let's, you know, see what happens with that. And his thing was like, basically, don't be surprised if it goes nowhere, but also never get, if you like it, don't give up on it. Because most of the people that I know who are successful, if they weren't successful when they were in their, like, 20s, the ones that still, the ones that stuck around were still able after a while to do it in some capacity. Oh, yeah, totally. Because even if it's not, like, your whole life, it'll be because just doing it enough will get you good. If you do something enough, yeah, you will get you will good, be good at it. it. I completely agree with that. And I think as well, this happens to songwriters all the time. Songwriters get really upset because they haven't written a great song yet. Yeah. And I'm like, well, think about those 12 songs that made the album that you like. Yeah. There are 300 songs that you have never heard that yes. were the, the way they built up to that one that's really good. And then there's another 300 songs in between album one and album two yeah. that you'll never hear. You well, know. We see this, though, because we both have run comedy nights, and I really like seeing a new act come in, and they're like they're all nervous, and you know they're not maybe not as confident as like some of the like fucking actors and drama students who yeah, come yeah. and try it, and it just come and like, so I'm George, and I'm from <laughs> London, and that means I'm the... the, the yeah. But they don't have... I got on the tube! Isn't the tube horrible? Yeah. But like these, are the, the more nervous people, maybe they're like, maybe they're a bit more creative, but they they just don't have, they don't know. And, but then you see them again because they go off and they don't really do your night or whatever. They had a chastening experience. And then like a year, yeah. a year on, they email you and they're like, oh, can I come do a set? And they've just worked really hard for a year and yeah. they are head and shoulders. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Everyone else. Well, I, I have the who- same thing. There was a dude, I won't, I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but like <laughs> when he started, he was awful. And yeah. I'm not just talking like a little bit bad. I'm talking awful and he used to come every week and he would do a little bit and it would always go really badly and i had never before thought to myself oh i just really don't think this guy's got what it takes but with him i was like i really don't think this guy's got what Mm. it takes anyway i didn't see him for a year and a half and then all of a sudden a lot of people were going oh have you seen this guy he is really good and i was like what are you (laughs) fucking joking and they're like no he is really good and you know i kind of reached out and I booked him for a 10 just because yeah. he had come for so often early on. Yeah. And he came in and he absolutely smashed it. It was like a completely different guy. And that then, for me, that was a real awakening. I was like, wow, you really can train yourself to do this yeah. very much like you can. Because I'm lucky. I mean, I taught a lot and I've got no shame. So even though I never could do jokes, I always felt like I had a good... I had a good rapport. Do you know what yes. I mean? I could do that before I could do the jokes. And I thought that that carried me a long way early on. I still haven't ever learned to write jokes. But, um, but and you know... you're basically mostly one-liners. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. For a guy who doesn't write jokes, it is most of your acts. Yeah, that is also true. But, like, um, you know, and I was, I was so impressed with this. And this really made me think, like, when, when then I would see, as you were saying, other newer people, I then instinctively yeah. started to think, like... He's not good now, or she's not good now. But, you know, with work, with time, they can do it. And you really can do it. Anyone can do it. People who, I think what I think what it is for, for a lot of people is they have to be open to starting again mm. and, like, scrapping something, yeah. even if it's get, doing okay, but it's not good. Yes. Because like, it's taken me a lot, in, in the comedy world, it's taken me a long time to learn that. Like, I was had a thing that was doing all right, but then people were like, that's not actually good enough. And yes. I basically had to... Like I had I had a bit about fiddler crabs, um, which I loved, and I yeah. was so into this bit about fiddler crabs early on. I thought it was the funniest thing ever because <laughs> the the idea is like a fiddler crab, the male fiddler crab, he grows one really large hand, and this is how he proves dominance and gets a mate. So he has a tiny little crab hand is and one true? large. That is a hundred percent true, <laughs> and he has one really massive hand, and the most manliest crab 
is the one with the biggest hand. Biggest one hand. He's got one huge hand, <laughs> and they're called a fiddler crab because they look like they've got a violin and a bow because the other hand is so tiny and thin, and then they've got this big fat hand. And my conceit was, wouldn't it be hilarious if the best humans in the world had one giant hand? <laughs> So like it would be, but you went I, and you I, would get David Beckham and you would see him interviewed and he'd have one tiny shriveled hand and one really big hand and I I loved this I loved this idea and everybody else just unanimously was like a we don't know what fiddler crabs are b this is fucking stupid and I never got it to work and I tried for years and then eventually I just had to go no no one wants to hear this uh, <laughs> you just have to del- just get rid of it it's got to go I want to hear it Sam yeah well you've well, just heard it that was a- <laughs> That's the accumulation of about a year's worth of work. <laughs> that was uh, as good as I could get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, That's bad. But um, yeah, so... So you're not allowed to say that anyone is bad. not allowed to say that things just, are bad. You just have to be... You can be positive. Uh, yeah. The other, the other one, it's a very standard one for societies. I'd go with do no harm. Yeah. As rule what three. if your art is so bad that it's... That it upsets people. <laughs> Well, do no harm's always always debatable because I, you know, I'm I'm very much for personal freedoms. I really am. I I really love the idea that however you want to live, you can live as long yeah. as you don't expect other people to conform with what you think is right. I think that's always when it, and this is standard hippie nonsense, but that's always when society gets really bad. So I believe in my imaginary friend, and I'm going to not let you have an abortion because my imaginary yes. friend says it's not allowed. So absolutely none of that fucking shit. As long as what you do doesn't actively harm other people, then you're absolutely fine. I am, of course, allowed to harm people to get my own way because I'm well, in charge. You're Mr. I'm President. Mr. President. You know, and it's not it's not do what I do, it's do what I say. I'm Mr. President. So, you know, uh, live your life in a way that, that benefits other people. Um I don't know if I've I've publicly said this, but mm. I this uh, I used to be a Levian Satanist when I was a teenager. Oh right, yeah. and into my early twenties. Yeah. Uh, for- aren't so aren't there? Don't they have weird, like so they have a number of rules? But the rules ostensibly, because what it is is that people on the internet defend them, and the rules ostensibly seem okay, right? Well, but they are also written by fucking weird. Let like, me explain what Levine Satanism is yeah. is because. Uh, for a start, it's nothing to do with religion. It's yes. called Satanism just to wind Christians up. That's yes. literally why it's called Satanism. Uh, it was invented by a guy called Anthony LaVey. Yeah. Uh, the basic tenet of this religion is that you are the only person who exists in the universe. So you are the only person who experiences life as you do. Yeah. Your life and existence is the only thing that truly matters. So ergo, if you are a LaVeyan Satanist, you should do whatever you want to achieve what you need to get by. Now, weirdly, there's been a lot of very noted Levian Satanisms who are not openly Satanists in that they don't say so publicly. Uh, The most famous is Mary Poppins was a Levian Satanist for a long period of time. And also Sammy Davis Jr. was a Levian Satanist for a very long period of time. Now, the Satanic idea is actually expressed by an awful lot of people. Like Donald Trump is a great example of a Levian Satanist. Yes. He would never, ever, ever want that said, but Donald Trump only ever does things that benefit him for him. Yes. This is exactly the tenet of Satanism. This is how the whole setup works. It is not a religion. It's a philosophical school of thought. See how you can get that into, into that when you're a teenager. Right? Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. Everything fucking sucks. Yeah. Nothing I'm the only me. person who exists. Yeah. Now the... Uh, <laughs> Fuck off libertarian. Exactly. <laughs> I had like a... And I had like a good and bad thing with this. I genuinely believed for a short period of time that my well-being and welfare was the only thing that I should I should do. And this still is something that I keep in my mind to this day Mm. like i will not work for people i don't respect because nobody knows better than me how to spend my time yes which is why because i have been self-employed since i was 18 this is why i've actually think i've made good business decisions and i don't work for people who won't pay me enough for example Mm. and i value my work and it's because there's a little part of me which goes well the only thing that matters here is is how well i do the reason i stopped considering myself a levian satanism is that it is at its heart a little bit too evil it's like evil Buddhism. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't they have? So they have also right. The the laws are incredibly cringe. The well, way they're only, written is like if well, someone comes into your lair, you, you destroy get them very, like you get that. very like, many, you get a couple of different variants on the yeah. theme. Like the the sort the sort of thing I was interested in, as I said, is the philosophical force because you now yeah, have the yeah. Church of Satan. 
which is based on Levain Satanism. Uh, I think I'm. I think I might be confusing it with that. It's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of very much like you have Catholics and Protestants, and right. but it's all Christianity. And everyone in it is wearing a feather. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a load of so the the Anthony Levay wrote the Satanic bible in the late 50s early 60s yes and then there's lots of different versions so the the version that you see on television quite often is the version where they've kind of made it into like an organized religion basically yeah. and they have meetups and all of this they're actually great guys because they do they do a lot of charity work weirdly considering they think they're the only people who exist in the universe but um that was the big thing that i that turned me away from it eventually was this idea that you cannot exist without society and if everybody thought like I did, we'd all be just climbing in mud all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So after I was a Satanism, I then, uh, a Satanism? <laughs> after I was a Satanist, I then went the other way and I got really into doing a lot of charity work. Yeah. Because I was like, right, I need to do, I need to make up for the years when I was really selfish. <laughs> so <laughs> I, so I, then, I then did a load of charity work for the Royal Marston Cancer Hospital and stuff like that yeah. because I was like, oh, I've spent a long time being really selfish. So I think on my island, it's going to be a mix of the two. You are the most important person in your life and you yes. should do whatever makes you feel happy. But also understand that without society, you cannot exist. Yes. Without the society that built your roads, without the society that's helped you, you know, with your schooling, you cannot be a person. So it's both of those things, both of those very difficult contrary things and i think you know in the in the world we live in that isn't my island (laughs) everybody (laughs) compromises way too much and does things they don't like for the greater good yeah and quite often it's not really for the greater good they've been sort of lied to and told that it's for the greater good and they have a job they hate you know and they speak to people they don't like yeah (laughs) and um, and my thing would be like don't do the job you hate don't speak to the people you don't like but you know, drink as much as you want, party as much as you want. But, you know, one day a week, go and do something nice for someone else. It's easier to not be courageous, though, I think. And I think that oh, 100%. Is because it is yeah. hard to... So my my wife is, um, my wife is self-employed, mm. um, but she did have a job, which for various reasons she wasn't getting on with during the pandemic, which she left. And yeah. she was very worried about leaving it because she was like, "I it's a pandemic and I'm leaving a thing that is not... That yeah, like a steady income. Yeah, a level. It's worked out great. It could have not. It could have not. Oh, totally. Now, to be fair, I would have supported her, whatever. But like, that's the well, jo- that's I, the joy of marriage, and that's why you have. Society I do kind of believe as well, like, and, uh, and, and so I've on, said this but... to a lot of people because, weirdly, a lot of people ask me for advice, and I don't know why. <laughs> like a lot of, <laughs> like a lot of my friends sort of go, "Oh, I can always tell you stuff, and you usually give good advice, right?" Um, my one thing I've said to a lot of people is like, whatever you do is the right decision. Right. There is no bad, there is no wrong decision because you have no concept of what might have been. And yes. you can imagine all that you like, how wonderful that other decision would have been. Yeah. But it never, it never is going to exist and it is never going to be a thing. Yes. So own own your decision and celebrate it as the correct decision. Yeah. If it's brought you to this point now, it was the right decision. The uh, the pessimist view of that is the is that line in the Jurassic Park... <laughs> I hope you don't think I was going to quote a philosopher there. The pessimist <laughs> line is the view from Jurassic Park sequel, The Lost World, where oh. John Hammond is just like, don't worry, I'm not making the same mistakes as last time. And like Ian Malcolm's like, no, you're making a whole load of different ones. It's like, yeah. you, wouldn't, you think that, of course, when you think back, you're like, ah, oh, well, if I'd fucking done something slightly differently, I'd be smashing it with all this. It's like, would you though? No, definitely not. You, it's just you in another of situation. It is, yeah. And Your fucked up brain will be in another situation and you'll make a dumb decision then too. Because the- I've occasionally, indulged in because i started stand-up relatively late uh you know i was late 20s before i even thought about it which is same you know and like i've often thought like oh how good would i have been if i'd have started when i was 18 and i'm like no i would have had a completely different worldview it would have been a completely different set of material same with with songwriting albums and stuff like that you know you put an album out now like i i'm really proud of the stuff i did when i was 20 or 19 but yeah. i am so glad i didn't get famous with that because the idea of playing that now every night <laughs> also is just crazy you know we have uh, we have a sort of disease uh, we have like a sort of youth fame disease 
what that we all so even it doesn't matter how much you say like oh, it doesn't really matter to me of course of course there's a bit of you that would have liked to experience being rich and famous when you're like 22 and single or whatever yeah i think it would definitely if it actually did happen to to any of you it's definitely more of a curse but there's still like a point where you're like what if that but it doesn't matter. You can just do stuff like because I think the the the, Corolla, the 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 other downside to that is it kind of stops you trying after a certain mm. point with things. You're just like, well, well, I've I've always had this why attitude, you just do things and you it's, like doing. It, it is an unusual attitude because like with all of the jobs I do, and I was saying this to you earlier, like you are judged on are you on TV, are you on the radio, yeah, right. And this is this is how people judge you. Like I've done, you know, full international tours, yeah comedy specials all sorts of things but still people are like well if you haven't done a sitcom then you don't matter Mm. you know and people do not understand that i do the work for the work yes (laughs) like i one of the reasons that i think some of my stuff gets put to the side so often is that i love creating it but i'm not a big fan of of promoting it because by the time it comes to promote that thing guess what i'm i'm three projects down the line and i'm into something brand <laughs> yeah. new and i want to talk about that or do that instead so for me and it's such a cheesy thing to say but the work is its own reward like i really like that i've got a beautiful back catalog of stuff that i've made that yeah. i'm proud of you know and i don't care I really don't care how many people like it. I've always, in my brain, I've always been like, I'm Frank Zappa. I'm one of those guys. (laughs) Like, if you don't fucking get this, it is not for you. And that is not a problem for me at all. Yeah. But if you like this, guess what? You're one of my dudes and we're going to be buddies forever. (laughs) Well, it's okay to not enjoy things. And it's okay to just like, to just do, because art is just getting a bit of your brain and then being like, there it is. Oh, not quite that actually. Yes, that's, exactly. That's a bit, yeah. there's, a, there's a point with any piece of art where, including comedy, is art. Okay. No. There's a point where <laughs> comedy's yeah, entertainment. I, but yeah, yeah. I, I am a professional comedian, and I ha- I, I hate having this conversation <laughs> yeah, with comedians because yeah. comedians go like, oh, "What we do is an art form." I'm like, "No, it fucking isn't, mate. We do the equivalent of riding a unicycle and juggling. There's, we are not yeah. artists." <laughs> there's a do um, not lie to yourself. <laughs> there's there's a really good cartoon which has like one panel is a com- it's it's called labeled comedians on a podcast and it's a comedian with a mug of coffee going you know actually if you think about it these days the modern ph- modern philosophy is more like stand up comedy yeah. and then the second panel is comedian on stage and him just going so my dick has me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that is that is it there are about 3 comedians who i consider true artists everybody <clears throat> yeah. like don't get me wrong comedy is the absolute pinnacle of entertainment it is the best form and purest form of entertainment because it's just talking it's like talking yeah, to your buddy right yeah so it's lovely but it's not art no not art Stuart lee maybe is and probably simon munnery Out, he, he outside was an, of that he was a performance artist first yeah and the comedian second though and i think there are people like that yeah who are, i think use like, it as a medium yeah because Stuart lee crosses over into yeah. the performance artist style thing like when he does all the crushing the crushing yeah. the dvds on the new special and stuff like all of that yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah. that really falls into like this is like a but because he does that a lot of people think he's a shit comedian <laughs> so because of that right? you know? yeah. <laughs> anyway the point was that like whatever you when you're making something yeah. you there's a specific thing in your head that you're trying to get out and then you get it out and for about a second you go there it is and then you look at it and you go oh it's actually not like that yeah. and then and then and you then... immediately try need to get someone else out That's so it. that as soon as you get past that it's very difficult to be writing to people going oh that thing is actually there yeah <laughs> this it's, is it it's why i love improvising like musically and com- comedically i'm right. sure i've said to you before i never write anything down Right. Like, I literally don't write things down because I want them to be immediate. If I think of something, I say it, and I do it as a voice recording, and then I'll say it on stage, and if it works, I'll then try and mimic how I've performed that so oh, that okay. it makes yeah. it makes the same thing. But I don't write things down. And when I write music, I don't write the music down. I, I improvise it. I improvise all the lyrics, and I build it in Cubase. And people are like, how did you write this song? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started at nine o'clock in the morning and at, <laughs> and at half past 11 that evening, I had a fully recorded and but produced then, song. You I know. think that, that feeds into your... Um, so earlier you were talking about one of your rules is that you you know everyone should do art and you were talking about teaching, teaching music and so on. And I think that that's probably not a standard way that people people you know are taught to do music. But oh, like, definitely. It wants you... But like they can do that if they 
Well, I, I, when I've I don't taught, know what I'm getting at here. But I, I, I get you know, what you're yeah, saying because yeah. when uh, I have taught music, I teach people how to play first, and then yeah. we explain why or what it is they're doing. Yeah. So we don't start with the because th- I think like you don't learn a language by being shown it written down and going here all of your stupid things. When you're a little baby, you learn a language by hearing it. By the way, that's that's genuinely why Europeans say that we're bad at languages. They say that we we teach it back to front. We teach yeah. it like back to front because you, you we do it in a classroom situation and we we move to conversation so. Slowly slowly and they're just yeah. like when we learn english we don't do we don't have a vocab book no they you watch friends fucking, yeah <laughs> well they're, they're like you just watch it you just immerse yourself and then you try and converse yeah and, and you, you and you build it yeah you have you, your, your subtitles brain, on yeah your brain actually does have a communication sponge which yeah. that because that's how you learn in the first place mm. it allows you to do it well that's what i do if i've you, got a new student i go what music do you like and then we yeah. pick a song that they like and we learn the basic technical side of what they need yeah. to do that and then we maybe learn another couple of songs and then after that i go okay did you see that we had the same we used the same shape maybe on the bass that we used for this other song right that's called a c major scale yeah and you will start to recognize this in more and more music as we play more and more music and you can use it to write songs like this and then they go oh and then they love it and yes. they're all about it but if you like, start yeah, with the yeah, major right. scale they just go, oh, what? So you just sit here for 12 hours and you go, boom, 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 That doesn't sound like the song I like. I quit. When you do the when when you do the ABRSM music exams, yeah, they you do grades one to five. And at grade five, to pass grade five, you have to do the music theory thing. And it takes you until right to the end of that music theory course where you're learning the chords and you're learning the numbers, like one, five, seven, like mad. And then they go, right. This is how you this put the chord progression put together, yeah. The songs together, and you go, I fucking like. But when I learned guitar, that because I learned from some like random weirdo who was just like, <laughs> he told me that straight away. Don't he talk just, about me like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Well, I'm uh, Mr. President. Don't yeah, you dare Mr. talk Pre- about me like yeah, that. Yeah, like he told me just like he was just like he, that was it within the yeah. first few weeks, and then he was like, what you need to do is like once you've learn that is try and find keep your guitar in tune try and find songs on the radio that follow a similar pattern and then and then you can you use improvise it improvise yeah. over them i mean the well, other I, on the other I hand i must say that yeah. dude that dude did it exceptionally well because that's exactly how i teach my songwriting course because oh, cool. i've got a songwriting course that's condensed into an hour i can teach you how to write a song in an hour and the first thing we do is go here is a c major scale here are all the chords that work in the C major scale. You do not need to know why they work. You just need to know what they are and how to play them. And then you can write a song. Well, once you, once you know that you can work it out from other scales. Oh, of course you can. And yeah, because it's the same. It's just just transposed up and down. And as I said earlier, like we've just spent years giving everything stupid, fancy names and pretending it's really difficult. I mean, my, uh, my guitar teacher was great like that, but then about two years in, he was also a heroin addict for the whole time. I was right. Of course. Yeah. And about two years in, he came to our house that sort of pretty weird and then just lay down on the sofa and didn't move for about three hours. Wow. Uh, Mum had to turf him out. So Ooh, That's nice. That's <laughs> you good. Know, everyone has their ups and downs. That's, that's right. The, hmm. He was a good guitarist. He was also a heroin addict. Yeah. So in conclusion, in conclusion, do what you like as long as you're nice to other people. Make yep. things. Clothing optional. <laughs> you know, long hair, definitely go for it. You know, be who you want to be, do what you want to be, as long as ultimately Mr. President gets his at the end. So I want, you know, I want all the all the best stuff for me. All the best stuff for you. And then a lovely hippie communist utopia for everybody else. Amazing. That's, Thank what, that's you. exactly what I do. Thank you, Mr. President. My pleasure.